three, two, one. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Hello, my name is Yancey Crawford, and this is PLC Punk, episode two. Before I go on, I should tell you, like, uh, who am I? What do I do? Why do I call it this? Uh, because I don't think I did that last time. So I was a teacher in the classroom uh, doing the English stuff, talking about words and writing and you know, gerunds and participles and all the scary stuff. And last spring, uh, I applied for an instructional coaching position and got it and stepped out of the classroom and blew my world up. And since then, I've been doing all these wonderful things and learning and working with people in new ways. And I'm excited. And it's a totally different challenge. And if anything, it has helped me realize how important teachers are and how much I have to learn from them and how much we have to learn from one another, which is why I'm here. We're here to listen to learn. I want you to hear the stories of other teachers. Uh, I want you to hear what they have to say. And I'm calling it PLC Punk because uh, professional learning community, that's what I've hoped to create in audio form, uh, but through storytelling and through conversation, and punk because, um, you know, that's the culture of music and ethos that I love and care so much about, uh, metal and punk and hardcore, those DIY ethos are so important, if no one else will do it for us, we will. And I thought the same thing about this. Somebody should talk to teachers and listen to teachers. And if nobody else will, I will. Right? So that's where we're at. Also, because this is going to be rough and raw. It's going to sound bad. And I'm not doing any edits on this. I'm recording this in one take, and that's it. So if I mess up, you're going to hear the flubs. And that's okay. I'm going to live with that. And last time I did use a little deficit mindset about myself, and I talked about having things that I didn't like and things like that, but I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to say instead, I'm going to look at these are not mistakes. These are just things that happen along the way while I grow. Uh, <laughs> because that's the truth. This will never be perfect. It'll never live up to those imaginary standards of perfection. I'm not Ira Glass. I'm not Mark Marin, And I never will be. And that's okay. So I'm going to tell you about who I have today. It's Nick Myers. Uh, he is an amazing social studies teacher here at Eastwood Middle School. He is someone who, by the way, has skills all over the place. You know, he's not just a teacher. He has a counseling certificate, but he'll tell you more about that. No, it's not a certificate. A license? That's the word. Yeah, you don't say, here's my driving certificate. That'd be pretty weird. Um, but Nick is a really smart guy, by the way. Also knows a lot about movies. You get a chance to talk to him about movies, please do. He knows a lot. Also, fun music taste. Love that. But we'll get to music later. Uh, in the meantime, I just want to tell you, though, listen to Nick's story. Listen to what he has to say. He's a great guy. Uh, I had a fun time talking with him and working with him when I get to with the social studies department. So, yeah, here he is. I'm going to turn it over to him. Listen to me and him talk. It was earlier this year on a Friday. Thanks so much for being here, and I'll talk to you again on the way out. Also, wait. Hang on. You may want to turn it down. I haven't got this uh, whole mixing, mastering thing down yet. It's a little loud. Sorry. But a boop, 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 boop. This is the transition music.
Today's yeah. been a day. Has it been a day for you already? It has. <laughs> I'm really glad it's Friday. I've got until 310 yes, is that's when okay. kids get yes. out. And no, so I'm sorry on the time. No, no, no. Time is fine. And for having to reschedule it like 30 times. No, that's all right. But, but yeah, I'm excited to do it. I think yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah, so the goal overall is just to like get us together, talk, mm -hmm. uh, share stories, and just sort of let people hear who we are specifically in this building because I feel like this could be a great chance for us to build culture. Yeah. Uh, and we have actually the largest crop of new people in the three middle schools across the board. Wow. So, I mean, we could be like, that's bad or it's good and I'm going to take that it's good. Yeah. You know, the grass grows where you water it. Sure. And that's what I'm going to put into it. So, three things. Uh, I'll start with here. We'll do some introductions. Uh, I'll talk about norms and then we'll go yeah. all right okay cool so to start off um i'll do the norms so first off it's not a vault if you say it i'll play it okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we should keep our stories honest but inward looking because ultimately like as teachers mm -hmm. people need to hear our stories totally like we get overlooked because worse and we're so busy putting our head down for our kids and for our content right that we don't have time to speak up so I can do that for us. And then yeah, uh, name others for praise only. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, like try to not to identify kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this last one is for me. Yeah. Listen to learn. Oh, of course. You know, that, yeah. like that's a big thing for me. So here we are. Hi, tell me who you are and what you do. I am Nick Myers. Yes. And I teach sixth grade social studies and seventh and eighth grade journalism. And how's the school year going? It's going well. Um, it's going really well. I did my student teaching at Eastwood um, in 2018, um, and I loved it. Yeah. And that's really what brought me back to Washington Township and to Eastwood in particular. Really? See, I did not realize that. that yeah. you, you student taught here. Mm -hmm. Who yeah. was your Who was your cooperating teacher? Are they still here? Mr. Kevin Jones. So he works in the library now. Yeah. Um, like uh, fourteen hours a week, yeah. and he he's the best. He um was the eighth grade social studies teacher, mm -hmm. um, and he was here for over thirty years as a teacher. Um, now retired, and I still see him around, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. See, what's really funny about Kevin yeah. is that. My first year at Southport, I coached academic pursuit, and he coached academic pursuit, mm -hmm. and there's a county tournament every year. And I coached a few years after that, but that first year we went head to head, East, and I didn't realize it was Eastwood at that, you know, like I didn't right. really put the two things together. And we went head to head, and Southport won. We went on, we won the county tournament that year. No big deal. <laughs> uh, but when we came back together, I saw him in the hall, and he and I were both looking, and he's like. <laughs> how do I know you yeah and then we we're like oh did you and then I was like oh yeah we coached against each other who that's knew awesome. yeah I took I took a brief field trip here um my sophomore junior year of college mm -hmm. um as like a field experience yeah. and we got to like go into classrooms and stuff and I was with uh Mr. Jones and I was mm -hmm. like this guy is the man and I also really like this school and yeah. so I really wanted to student teach here, and he was gracious enough to be my observing teacher. So wow! And then you came back even. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Okay, so you've okay, so there's a whole lot to I need to know more about that, but let's just let's go backwards. Mm -hmm. sure. So, uh, where are you from, and like, 
I'm always interested in people's opinion of like how did it make you who you are mm. <laughs> uh, I'm from Bern, Indiana which is like two hours northeast of Indianapolis mm -hmm. um, it's really small it's like probably 4,500 people or so mm -hmm. um, it's named after Bern, Switzerland because there's some Swiss history there um, it's like I grew up in Amish country like yeah. the um, I had like Amish neighbors now mm -hmm. I was living like outside of town a little bit yeah. but um, it's really small and it's really rural mm -hmm. um, and so that was I'm trying to think of like how it shaped who I am I think I think it's just a good I think having a small town perspective mm -hmm. um, is helpful in just where I live now because um, I think it's easy to have opinions or ideas about people who live in different environments and being like oh um, having lived in an environment that's quite different from Indianapolis, it's like having grown up with that perspective um, and people who have a lot of different perspectives yeah. um, than most of the people that I know in Indianapolis is just, I don't know, I, I feel like it kind of broadens my view of the world a little bit. Yeah, I feel like it's healthy when you leave a place you see it differently. And you oh see, yeah. And you see your new place through the lens of the old place. Totally. But then it, when you get the new lens, you look backwards differently. Burn has gotten way more charming since mm -hmm. I don't live there. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it was a great place to grow up and stuff. My parents still live mm -hmm. there and I love going back, but I'm really glad that I am where I am because yeah. I like being in a bigger yeah, environment. Bigger space. Yeah. yeah. See, the only thing I know two things about Burn, other be prior okay. to you saying that. That's more than most people yeah. know. <laughs> the two things I know are like your, your swimming hole. Oh like yes, Pine Lake. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh -huh. know about that. And then my like the there's a family there, uh, the Bollenbachers. My, oh, okay. My, I know that last name. I don't yeah. know if they're the same people, but well, my uh, my wife's like cousin. I guess my cousin-in-law. Okay. She she married into the Bollenbacher family. Oh, very And cool. so like that's where you know her husband's from, and like he has family still living there in Bern and when I met him he mentioned ah, I'm from this place in Bern and that was that was all I ever knew and then I learned about the swimming hole like yeah. you're, you're like and yeah. that's it uh, okay so you came when did you come to Indianapolis um 2019 okay. so I taught for a semester and then a month and then COVID happened mm -hmm. um, and I was virtual for the rest of that year um, and I was at St. Simon which is like in Lawrence mm -hmm. uh, Geist area uh, and I taught um, seventh and eighth grade and then for my last year sixth seventh and eighth grade so I was there three years um, so 2019 through 2020 uh, oh gosh 2022 I think mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so that's good. Okay, so you came to Indianapolis from Bern, mm -hmm. uh, but then you've spent the rest of the time here. Now what, are you looking long-term here at Eastwood? Yeah, I think definitely long-term in Washington Township. I would like to at some point do school counseling because I went back to school mm -hmm. uh, to get my master's for school counseling. And I worked last year uh, at a school in Indianapolis called St. Richard's, mm -hmm. and I was their school counselor and I really loved it. Um, I came back here and took a teaching position because, first of all, I like both teaching and school counseling, but also because I really wanted to be here. Like, since I student taught at Washington Township, 
um, I've wanted to be back in Washington Township. So this is intentional. I like this. Yeah. Those moves. So with your time and the stuff that you've been in, the, the stuff you've seen, this mm-hmm. brings me to questions about like, uh, you know, what? why do you love your content area? You said you, you mm. like teaching. So what do you love about like social studies and all the stuff that you're working on? That's a good question. I really think it's important for, in part, um, understanding people just mm-hmm. in general, like not just history, but sociology and the social, the realm of social studies. There's a lot of crossover with all of those areas. Um, and I love stories and like the telling of stories. Um, it's, this sounds cliche and silly, but it's so human. Like it's something that only humans do. And uh, I think that's beautiful. I love seeing students make connections to things that they already know about. Um, and I think that that's awesome. And then I also think like for a democracy to function, having people who are familiar with what has happened um, before them and who make decisions informed by history is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's interesting that you say the story aspect because so much of, I mean, the word story is in it. Yeah. Like, like there's, it's that thing. There's some backlog of things that we need to know or things that we can learn from. Uh, I actually saw this thing. It was really interesting. It was like the undoing of like fiction and nonfiction Okay. Because too often it's like fiction versus nonfiction is real versus fake. Yeah. Whereas like I've read the kind of like bumper sticker <laughs> repurposing of it is that it's one way it's not that it's real. It's learning from lived experiences. And the other one is learning through stories. Yeah. Which I, I think is very powerful. Absolutely. Uh, so with with that being something you care about and with this being a space that you know you care about, who are some people you look up to or have like led you back to yeah. this space? Well, one of them is Kevin Jones because mm-hmm. he was awesome and just so helpful. Um, he like he was so helpful with his feedback as I was student teaching. But the biggest thing with him was that I could see how much he cared about what he did and how much he cared about the kids. Mm-hmm. And so that was huge. Um, and he was just always always very gracious. Um, and helpful with his feedback as well. And then April Twasson as well, she was a social studies teacher when I student taught here. Mm-hmm. And I always looked up to her on a professional level where I was like, she's really got it together. Like her classroom, things things are being learned in there. Yeah. Um, and she's also very kind. And so to have her in um, a position where she's an assistant principal, that was really cool. I was really excited. Um, yeah, to have her in a leadership position. Yeah, to come back and have her in a place where yeah. you're like, I, I'm comfortable with her. I know yeah. her, and she's. I know she's really good. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you come and you meet somebody in an administrative position, and you're like, mm, can you <laughs> right. really toe the line? Can right. you really? Yeah, yeah, and I know what that's like to see that. So that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, when you come through and you think about all the progress you've made, you talked about Kevin giving you that feedback. Yeah. What feedback could you give yourself? If you were to look back and say, my first year teacher self, what would you tell that bright eyed, bushy tailed, <laughs> you know, like Nick Myers? I think that I would tell that person, and I think that I would tell this to a lot of like 
new teachers too is um, if you have a heart for students and you are working really hard, then don't be hard on yourself and don't be worried about um, like and super anxious and worried about how well you're doing. Um, because I think that if you if you have a heart for students and you are genuinely putting in really hard work, that is all you can do. And also you're probably doing fine. Um, you can always <laughs> yeah. grow, right. obviously. Um, and that's something that I've enjoyed about being here is I feel like I have more resources and opportunity to grow mm -hmm. than almost anywhere I've ever been. But um, yeah, there's always room to grow. But if you have a heart for students and you are genuinely working really hard for your students, you're you're fine. Because I, I found myself being really anxious, particularly my first year teaching, like, oh my gosh, evaluations and like this or this and like uh, criticism is just always difficult, mm -hmm. um, even very constructive um, and well done criticism. Um, and so, yeah, I would say to give yourself grace and some peace in that. That's actually really good. Would you also say that comes from that? I wouldn't call it a fear of criticism, but would you say that like, is that like protection? You know, are you trying to protect yourself because you care so deeply about what you do? I think that's part of it because um, I think that most people that are in education have their identity wrapped up in it in some level, um, which I think is good in a big way. Um, but can also lead to that kind of thing. That's a really good question. I don't think I've thought of it. I don't think I've framed it in that way before, but I think that, yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all the things we do, they're like, they're like, they're out. We listen to the way we talk. Right. They're our kids, my kids, yeah. my class. Mm -hmm. You know, the, like the lesson I taught. Right. We use those I, me, my pronouns a lot when we mm -hmm. talk about it. And I think there is something to that that maybe it is about it is about who we are yeah because how many how many of us that are teachers come from a really similar place yeah ideologically and like mm -hmm. i value helping i think that's very possible yeah. but it's interesting so you think uh have you gotten better at taking feedback yeah i think so yeah i think so i it's still tough because mm -hmm. it's still when you're doing your best mm -hmm. and then it's not perfect, that can be really tough, even though it's never going to be perfect. And like, it's just never will be. Um, but accepting feedback when you are genuinely trying to put out your best work and having it not be perfect is still really tough. But I would say I am at a place where I can accept it much better um, and where I don't take it um, personally. Because it can be hard to not take it personally, even though it's not personal. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. you're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you're doing all right. Like, remember, your own thing. You're doing a good job. You're probably doing fine. I mean, that growth mindset also, like you alluded to, that growth mindset's so important. Right. To remember that, like, it never will be perfect. It can, we're, on a, we're on a journey. Everybody's in a different spot. I'll get there. Yeah. Because I think one day you'll find yourself, you'll look back and be like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was my best work, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I've already had moments like that uh, where I'm looking back at like certain lessons or ways of doing things that I was doing a few years ago. I'm like, hmm, I really was. I was. 
yeah. I was, I mean, my head was above water, but it uh, could have been better. Yeah, been better. I was trying. Yeah. It, well, that pain, though, that means growth. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Which goes little... to why it's so important to accept feedback mm-hmm. um, and constructive criticism. Right. But to let it, but not to let it weigh on you and just to remember, like, it is what it is. You know, you do your best work. Your best work is your best. And mm-hmm. your output is not your worth. Yeah. You know, like all those things just, it's, but it's tried hard to keep them like even handed. Absolutely. But if you're thinking about that uh, and you are also thinking about how you plan your classes. And I kind of saw this when I had popped in before thinking about like the SEL lens, that extra mm-hmm. piece in your class. How do you build that into your routines and how you do, especially with your experience as like a counselor? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're probably better prepared for it than some, so that probably we could learn something here. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know about learning anything, but I, I do really, um, <clears throat> I mean, in a really broad sense, like looking at and always trying to remember that students are human beings first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, having like those emotional needs Mm -hmm. um as well that are sometimes met and sometimes not um oftentimes if i see a student coming into class and i can tell that they're upset how can you tell of body language or sometimes language um (laughs) yeah (laughs) oftentimes body language um so i'll always have some sort of way to greet students when they come in i'm always at the door and stuff but having the opportunity to check in at some point um, throughout like the lesson and trying to make it early on where it's like, hey, I've noticed blank, not telling them how they're feeling, but telling them like just what you've noticed, um, asking if there's anything that I can do to help. And I think that that has been helpful because it lets students know that like I care about them and where they are. Um, And then allowing options, you know, so what that could mean is like if you're really not feeling it like you can go to the tab in desk which is um like an option if you just want to be on your own um for a while and that like it depends on the time of class and things like that but giving those options and then something that i always try to ask students when there's like a behavioral thing is and this is not every single situation but a lot of situations is um what can i do to help support you in this um and it's interesting because sometimes they're like i don't know but then sometimes they like have really good answers and things that like i would not have thought of right so it's not until you ask the question that you know yeah sometimes you just have to ask right yeah yeah and it's easy sometimes for us to like forget the kids are people because they're you know like because they do such a good job especially well especially in the upper middle grades Mm -hmm. of projecting that essence of like i'm tough i'm older older. (laughs) you know they project like listen we're we're all adults here we're not (laughs) it's funny to see the difference between the sixth graders being the first semester with sixth graders like their first year in middle school Mm -hmm. And then my class of seventh and eighth graders, um, yeah, the the toughness. Um, there are some sixth graders who uh, project that for sure, but there's some seventh <laughs> and eighth graders who are like, kind of afraid you're going to beat me up. 
Oh yeah, they get up there and they're like, "Listen, we're we're, we're grown. We we right. got this. Right. So like, I'm gonna go now. Yeah. And you're like, uh-huh. no, you're not. No, <laughs> right. you're not ready. Yep, you're sweet, but no. Uh, but it it is easy with that thing to have that get in the way or make it. It makes it a little harder to see sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, but having that heart, like you said, having that empathy for them yeah. is good. And it can be hard to remember sometimes, especially when someone's thrown off your class. Oh man. Yeah. When, when someone's behavior is throwing off your class. Yeah. Making that distinction between the person and the behavior, I think, is important, too. Um, well, that's a big But as you can see, right, what, as I just said it, I was like, when some kid is thrown off your class, and it's like, okay, wait, making that separation between behavior and person. Right, um, but, it, but it's that you have that check. Yeah. At least you remember. No, oh, totally. Well... Jeez. Well, as I do look at our time, I do know you have to go soon because you have yeah. that thing which leads next to then just, uh, class. you know. Yeah, what's your next <laughs> class? What do you got to do? What do you got to teach? Uh, my next class is sixth grade social studies, and we're going to do some partner um, A-B reading. So, like, um, A student reads, mm-hmm. and then B student summarizes, and then vice versa. We're going to do some reading on Athens and Sparta. Um, so half the class is going to do Athens, half is going to do Sparta. You're going to jigsaw it? We're, yes. So we're going to have some questions after the reading, and then later on we'll have the groups like collaborate, and the students collaborate to teach one another about their respective city-state, which is really ancient Greece is fun because there's just a, the kids love like the mythology and stuff, but then learning about a place like Sparta, which is kind of gross in a lot of ways, uh, yes. uh, it's... It's really interesting to see who is, like, extra interested when you're mm-hmm. talking about uh, that. But then you talk about, like, oh, they used olive oil to bathe themselves. And yeah. they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's a very different place. Yeah. Was it the Spartans? Was that the story of the kid who, uh, who was so diligent that he hid himself and he was, like, killed by the fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, didn't, he, and he like, was so right. silent. Because they, there's a story with the Spartans that there's a kid who they deprived them of food when they were doing their military training and stuff, and they were encouraged to steal if they uh, could get away with it, which probably not what we want right. to be encouraging. And our students, uh, Sparta's not a model, um, but <laughs> the kid stole a fox and like hid it under his shirt um, when his like officer or superior came by, and the story is that instead of being caught for stealing he just let the fox just like bite him and tear him apart and that story is actually in the reading in the textbook oh is which it? i was surprised to see whoa i was like wow they're going yeah they're, they're pretty really metal go- in yeah, here yeah they're going there that's <laughs> yeah. amazing okay but that kind of thing is interesting to a yeah. lot of the students even though it's a little morbid yeah it yeah. right it is okay so that's so i'm always i'm fascinated by that that's awesome okay yeah. so i gotta let you go but i totally. do need to say thank you Thank you for doing this, Nick. Yeah, thanks for asking. It. This is yeah. a lot of fun. Hey, it was relatively painless, and I get to go like here, hit here, and I'll go right there. I don't have any music yet, uh, but that's the end. So there it was Nick Myers. Um, so small towns, uh, metal history, counseling, Eastwood him wanting to work here, people who used to work here, people who do work here when he's student taught. Lots of things happening between uh, the lines of that conversation. It was really great. I'm grateful for him and having that conversation. I'm grateful to you for listening. Uh, Thanks. 
Uh, come back again next time. Uh, if you are interested, though, very quickly, let me plug myself and my fellow uh, instructional coaches. If you have the need uh, to, you know, just tinker with your lessons, if you want to hear some feedback from us, maybe you just need some reaffirming to hear that you've done something good or to have somebody tell you what you've done well, you can see us. You can have us come see you. Listen to us. Email us. It'll be great. The email address will be in the description of the episode. And please, please, please ask for our input. Uh, we can help you. We can do impact cycles. We can help you with management. We can help you with all kinds of things in your classroom, with your curriculum, uh, with your pacing guides, your PLCs, data. Ask us, and we'll be around. We'd love to help, all right? That's our job, and it's what we want to do. Um, also, um, yammering a little bit, and I'm sorry about that. Not great at the uh, knowing exactly how to cap this off, but I'll figure it out, and maybe next time I'll have some better, you know, like boop boop boops to make it more interesting. Anyway, uh, there it is, PLC Punk Episode 2. I'll come back with the next one with an ENL specialist, somebody you know and you love. Kelly McHale. All right, until then, bye.